The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am on week two of an eight-week series through the 23rd Psalm. And so many of you know, in case you're new, I, I took a, a six-week sabbatical, uh, one for it, you know some health issues of coughing all the time. I couldn't get through a sermon. And then also some exhaustion. And so I, I took a sabbatical for six weeks. And so I knew that before I left on sabbatical that God wanted me to preach on the 23rd Psalm when I returned. And so, so that's what I'm doing. And then now I think it's just kind of the, the humor of God because we're, we got to talk about this issue of rest and, and healthy rhythms. And so to, this morning I'm, I'm going to talk to you about rest. I'm going to talk to you about healthy rhythms. And I, I, but, but I need to confess this or let you know, and you already know it. I struggle in this area. I, I struggle deeply in this area. And I've, I've paid the cost uh, for not having healthy rhythms in my life. And so if, if you're here this morning and you're like, you're, you're just really stressed and you're overwhelmed and you don't have healthy rhythms in your life, and uh, I, I just, I just want to tell you, just, let, let's just all take a deep breath together. Um, Let's take a deep breath together. No elbows, you know, to partners or anything like that. I've, uh, after every one of these sermons, I've had men come out and say, Pastor, would you tell our wives, do not elbow us through this sermon? So that's your warning. And so uh, I don't know if that's a warning. That's a word of caution. And so let, let's just all take a deep breath and say, you know what? If we're honest, we, in, the, in the culture and the times in which we live, we probably all struggle in this. And so let's just learn together. Let's learn together, and then let's put healthy rhythms in our life. And so this morning, it's, it's going to be this sermon, like most of my sermons, are pretty transparent and pretty personal. Uh, this one really is because of the season, the time that I came out of. So there's something about the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm helps us understand how, how much the shepherd loved the sheep and how, how, how dependent the sheep are on the shepherd. Now, the 23rd Psalm helps us understand that. Helps us understand as New Testament Christians that our shepherd is Jesus uh, and how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, and how dependent we are on him. And so we enter in, and today we're only going to look at, at one verse, uh, Psalm uh, 23, verse 2, and, then, and you can turn to Psalm 92. So we're going to be in both, Psalm 23, Psalm 92. Both talk about the Sabbath, both talk about rest. And so... Verse 2, Psalm 23, the scripture says, and speaking of the shepherd, is he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So, so I, I love that word he makes because it's, it's, it doesn't come natural to the, to the sheep. It doesn't come natural to us. There's something about that we think, you know what, rest is maybe not a good thing, and it's just go, 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 it's do, do, do. And so we got to come to the place to understand that this doesn't come natural to any one of us when he uses that. 
and the core issue, the root issue, and it's kind of in, it's a little bit awkward to talk about, but when you look at the, the root issue, the issue really isn't rest. The real issue is trust. Man, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to quiet, still waters. Listen, if you don't trust, if you cannot trust him, that he has your best interest at heart, that he's going to lead you to a good place, then you'll never be able to rest. See, it's an issue of trust, if we're honest. It's just an issue of trust that before I can rest, I have to be able to trust him that, you know what, to where I understand, it is not all up to me. I do not have to control everything. It is not all up to me. And then next week is the phrase, he restores my soul. Next week, we're going to talk about that issue. I mean, this is really like a, like a two-part sermon in the midst of a series. In other words, this, that, that, that we rest because we can trust him. And if we trust him and if we rest, then the byproduct of that is he restores our soul. And so this morning, I just want to talk to you about healthy rhythms in life and what that looks like. Now, if you were a shepherd in their day and, and you heard the 23rd Psalm, then all of a sudden it would make complete sense to, to you. Uh, it doesn't make complete sense to us the first time we read it because we don't understand what a shepherd does in their day. And so, but a shepherd would read these words and he would see some of this imagery. He leads me beside still waters. He would know that that's a place of rest and refreshment. That's like a place of, of paradise. And so a shepherd, just some routines, a shepherd would start his day about four in the morning. He'd get the sheep up and they would start grazing. Now sheep, they, 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 they continually move. And so they, they don't graze standing in one place. And so they're continually moving. They're continually grazing, continually eating. About two in the afternoon, the heat of the day in Israel, then the sun is like beating down on the sheep, and they are hot, and they are tired, and they're thirsty. And they think what they need is they need water. The sheep will naturally want to go to water. The shepherd knows he knows what's best for them. And the shepherd knows that you cannot give sheep water when they're hot and when there's undigested grass in their stomach. If you were to take them directly to water, it would kill most of them or cause huge problems. So the shepherd knows that because the shepherd knows what the sheep need. Our shepherd knows what we need. And so the sheep would want to go to water. The shepherd would not like that happen. And he would make them, he would force them to lie down in green pastures. Because here's the deal. When a sheep is lying down, they don't graze. They don't eat. You know what they do? They chew their cud. They begin to digest the grass in their stomach. Once that's done, then he takes them to water where water will not hurt them. It will help them. And so he knows, the shepherd knows, just like our shepherd knows what's best for them. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, uh, but it's counterintuitive, especially in the culture that we live in. But, but here's the principle. Rest is part of God's plan for you. Now, for us type A people, that's hard, right? You know, if you feel guilty, if you take a day off, if you feel guilty that you, like, have nothing to do, then that's hard for you. But I, I need to let you know, based upon his word, rest is a part of God's plan for you. See, we always think God's plan for me is like doing, 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 accomplishing, accomplishing, accomplishing. Yeah, it's part of it, but it's the resting that allows us to do. It's the resting that allows us to accomplish. So rest is a part of God's plan for you. And to steward your calling properly means stewarding yourself. It means healthy rhythms. 
And so the question we have to ask ourselves this morning and answer is, does the Sabbath have anything to do with New Testament believers? I mean, we're under that, and I, I think it does. fact is, I think it's extremely important for us to understand because God is, God is our shepherd. And so God doesn't want, want us to go around tired and exhausted and worn out and emotionally like on the edge our entire life. He wants us to be able to come to the place that, guess what? We can enjoy life. We can enjoy the relationships. We can enjoy the people around us. In fact, is Psalm 127 too. Here's what the scripture says. It is useless for you to work so hard from early in the morning until late at night. Anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his, his loved ones. He loves you. You are his beloved son. You're his beloved daughter. He knows what's best for you. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is go home and take a nap. Go home and rest. Especially sleep through the cowboy game. It would reduce a lot of stress in my life. No expectations. That's what I keep telling myself. That would help some of you Bronco fans. We can, we can guide, the Cowboy fans, we can guide you through this season. We've been through like 15 of them in a row. <laughs> but sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. How many times have you gone to the doctor and the doctor looks at you and says, you know what you need? You need rest. Drink plenty of fluids and get some rest. You know what I want? I want a pill. Just give me a pill. Just give me some medicine so I can what? So I can keep doing, so I can keep going. In other words, the scripture says, verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He's referring to rest and refreshment. And God is interested in your rest, and he's interested in your recreation. In other words, he wants you to live a whole and a balanced and a healthy life where there's healthy rhythms in your life. God created, and we're going to understand this, but God created Sabbath for rest for man. And God has created us and says, I have created you to have a cadence. I know what you need. I have created you to have healthy uh, rhythms, and that's working six days and resting one. That's one out of every seven. You are like totally pulling away, and you're totally disconnecting, and there's some things that happens. And so, so listen, if, and he says, and if you don't, you're going you're gonna to suffer some things. And if you, if you don't, you will suffer some things. Now, listen, uh, on, our, on our sabbatical, uh, we traveled I-25 a lot back and forth to Springs to see the grandkids and and their parents. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you know, I-25, and if you're coming back, and you know, you know that white solid line, and if you, if you get distracted, or you're tired, or you start dozing, and you, you travel, and you cross over the white line, and then you hit those things that they call rumble strips, you know, those impressions in the concrete, that I mean, when you, when you hit those things, it is like vibrating the tooth out of your head, right? And I mean, it just, it vibrates you from the core. And I mean, when you hit those rumble strips, it like, it startles you, right? It wakes you up. And you know what the rumble strips are there for? The rumble strips are there as a warning. The rumble strips are there as a warning that if you continue on these rumble strips and you cross over and you don't change your direction, you don't change your, your, your course, then, then guess what's next? There's like a guardrail. There's like a ditch. There's like, there's like damage. In other words, the rumble strips are there as a warning to us that we need to change our course. We need to change our direction. And guess what? 
There are rumble strips that God has put in our life. And when those things start going off, it is a sign to us that something's out of balance. It is a sign to us. In fact, his medical professionals will talk about this. And they'll, they'll talk about some things, some, some indicators when, when there's not healthy rhythms in your life. For instance, when you go through life and you're just tired and you're just worn out all the time. You're just tired and you're worn out and you're just exhausted. And then all of a sudden it gets louder when stomach pains develop or maybe some chronic physical pain develops. And, and you, you, all of a sudden you notice that, man, I just get, I just get angry so easy. I, man, what once bothered me, uh, what what's once did not bother me, now it bothers me greatly. It seems like I get irritated. It seems like I get irritated with people or, or objects. And it seems like I just, I just run in this exhaustion and I run, and it just seems everything frustrates me or everything makes me angry. Or you have difficulty sleeping, and, and you, you find yourself like more emotional than normal. It's like I get emotional over everything. Or your willpower in life gets low. No longer can you live a balanced life. Or you know what, that temptation that once didn't really bother you, now your willpower is low, and all of a sudden, it, it just, it, man, it's just like a war. It just, it's, just, it's just difficult to your... Or you have trouble getting up in the morning, and so it's caffeine, 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 sodas, and energy drinks. And you just keep going, and you just feel run down all of the time. Or sometimes it's an issue with weight, whether, whether underweight or overweight. And you, you eat too much, or you, you don't eat enough, and you grab food on the run and, and on the go because you feel like, you know, there's no way I have time to really sit down and eat a meal. And, and these are all rumble strips in your life, and there's signs of like, like mental and spiritual and physical exhaustion. And, and so, so, so here's my concern. Some of you, you may be running the rumble strips right now. And those signs are there. And you know it. And your family knows it. Your friends know it. All God's children know it. And you're pushing back on this message right now. You say, you don't understand. You don't understand the pressure that I'm under. You don't understand the schedule. You, you don't understand. I said, I'm here to tell you as an example. You cannot run the rumble strips of life forever without consequences. It's a warning. The best discipline you can have, the best discipline I can have is the ability to self-correct so that you don't experience the guardrails of life, so you don't experience the ditches of life. When you feel the rumble strips in your life, it is a warning that something is, something is out in those rhythms. So this morning, I just want to give you three things. I want to give you three things to help you understand rest, because if you don't understand rest, you'll never rest. If you don't understand healthy rhythms and, and where it comes from in Scripture and why it's so important, uh, then you'll never do it. And so the first one is this about rest. You've got to understand rest is a command. Rest is a command. fact is, rest was so important to God uh, that it made the Big Ten. I don't know if you know this or not, but the rest, healthy rhythms, is in the Ten Commandments. And fact is, of all the Ten Commandments, this issue of a Sabbath, this issue of a Sabbath rest, has more language, more warning, more words, more explanation than any of the other commandments. So we got to admit, this must have been pretty important to God if God says, that's one of the things I want in the Ten Commandments. And so Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, uh, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. So the scripture tells us that it's not only a command, but rest is given to us because he loves us. Rest is given to us because he wants to bless us. Rest was given to us because it also was part of our testimony. It also shows a, a world that we're totally different. That for us, worship, for, for us, pulling together and to worship with the people of God is, is, is a priority to us and is important to us. And we're not going to live our life based on the world's rhythms. We're going to live our life based on God's rhythms because he's the one that's created us. And so God created the, the, the Sabbath because he wants to bless us. God created the Sabbath because as a, as a testimony to a, to a world, God created the Sabbath that we pull away, we worship with him, or we worship him. Uh, we, we, have, we, we, we have relationships, we spend time with fr friends and, and family, and we have weekly celebration, and we celebrate that we're, we're the people of God. And so you find this Sabbath in the Ten Commandments, and so just real quickly, just to show you how important this was to God, in the Old Testament, there's three laws. There is the judicial law, the moral law, and the ceremonial law. So there's three laws in the Old Testament, the, the judicial law, the, the ceremonial law, and the moral law. Of the Ten Commandments, this commandment about a Sabbath rest is the only commandment that made it into all three laws. This issue of rest is in the judicial law, it's in the moral law, it's in the ceremonial law. See, this is a big, this, I'm just telling you, this is a big deal to God. And Sabbath simply means this, just a day of rest. Now, Colossians says it really doesn't matter which day you, you choose as a Sabbath, as long as you choose a day. So whether you worship on Saturday night, or whether you worship on, 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 on Saturday, or whether you worship on Sunday, doesn't matter to God. What matters to God is that once a week you have a rhythm, and you have a rhythm of a Sabbath. And so my Sabbath is probably different than your Sabbath. Um... My Sabbath isn't on a Saturday or Sunday. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I work on the weekends. <laughs> and so as a result of that, my Sabbath is normally on a Friday and sometimes on a, on a Monday. So some people ask, well, what do you do on a Sabbath and why is it there? And so one of the things that you do on a Sabbath is you simply rest your body. Listen, let me tell you something. If you don't take time to rest your body, your body will rest you. If you don't, if you do, I'm telling you, if you don't take time to rest your body, your body will rest you. That's, that's what he's talking about. Another thing is you use it and it recharges your emotions. I mean, you completely pull away from everything. It just, it just recharges your emotions. Uh, it, there's some quiet. You need quietness, whether it's life journaling and, and for me and prayer and some of those other things. And then, and then you need some recreation. I mean, recreation, the word recreation comes from two words, recreate recreate energy in me I mean a great hobby uh, is a hobby that it, it just man it does something when you when you do that it like it like re-energizes you it recreates that energy in you it it, it, it refills you uh, you need time for relationships we are created for relationships healthy relationships are important and then you need to refocus and you need to focus your spirit in, in, in worship and 
uh, worship brings us in the presence of God. It changes our perspective. I think it's Psalm, I think it's Psalm 78 when David wrote and David said that this seemed perplexing to me. I could not understand this until, until I entered the sanctuary of God. And all of a sudden, I understood. I understood this situation so many times. Worship helps us, changes our perspective, and helps us see things the way God sees them. So the first thing is this. We have to see rest as a command. The second thing is this. We have to see rest as a blessing. We have to come to the place where we see it as a blessing. Watch this in in Exodus chapter 31, verse 14. He said, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. In other words, you know who's killing you? You. Riding the rumble strips, you can be dying a slow death. Emotionally, relationally, physically. This is what he's saying. He's saying this is how serious it is. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of a solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. Now, he repeats this word. That word's important forever. Verse 17, it is a sign forever. How long? forever we still under it it says forever between me and the people of Israel in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed in other words it's forever Romans 11 says that as Gentiles we were grafted into the nation of Israel we we were not a, a, a people and then we were not a people of God and then we became a people of God and so we're, we are now a people of God, and we testify to the world that we worship the God that created the world on six days, seventh day is rested. As a result of that, we have the same rhythm. Now, here's what's interesting. It says that God rested, he was refreshed, but it never says he was tired. Is it possible? If we had healthy rhythms in our life, and we would rest one day out of the week, truly rest, We'd never really get tired. We'd never really get to that point. Is it, is it possible? We as New Testament Christians, we're overlooking one of the greatest benefits of the Sabbath. And that is what it has to do with our soul and refreshing our soul. We'll look at that next week. Let me ask you, have you ever gotten to the point in life where you're riding those rumble strips and all kinds of things are going off and it is shaking you at your core and you are convincing yourself it is okay? And you get to that place to where, man, you're so tired, you, you can't even make a decision of what to do. You, you're so tired, you can't even think clearly. I wonder how many problems we could solve in relationships, church, businesses, if we were rested. And we could just think clearly. What about emotionally? Have you, ever, have you ever been emotionally exhausted? Man, I'm just too tired to even deal with her. To deal with him. To deal with that. Let me ask you this. When you, you ever blown up? 
Don't raise your hand. Someone in, someone in the Saturday night service, one man just raised up both hands immediately. I'm like, I'll pray for you, brother. And we moved on. <laughs> Have you ever blown up, lost it? You're riding the rumble strips. You know, you know a lot of times, you know what we say? You're, most of us, we blow up at someone. We lose it with someone. We say something we shouldn't say. We say something stupid. And we look at them, and what do we say? I am so sorry, but I am so stressed. I am so sorry I said that, so sorry I did that. I'm just so exhausted. I'm so tired. Why don't we just be honest and say, I'm so sorry I said that, did that. I am violating one of the commandments, commandments of God. And I don't have healthy rhythms in my life. I mean, how many problems could be solved if we were just rested and, and we just followed the principles of God and the word of God? See, the shepherd knows what the sheep needs, and the sheep need rest to receive spiritual and physical energy. And so Jesus is having this argument, this discussion with the disciples. The disciples are talking about the traditions of man. And so Jesus pushes back, and they happen to be talking about the Sabbath, Mark chapter 2, verse 27. And so Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so here's what Jesus is saying. He said, guys, you don't understand. You've made the Sabbath something the Sabbath's not. you made it this, like this religious duty that is not life-giving. You've made this so legalistic how you define this out. No longer it's about meeting with me. No longer it's about refreshing. It's just this legalistic, this real religious duty that you do, and it's just sterile. And he says, I need you to understand, I did not make man for the Sabbath. I made Sabbath for man. I made the Sabbath to bless man. It's not supposed to be some religious legalistic thing that we do. fact is, in Israel, it's still legalistic today. In 2008, Karen and I took a group to, uh, to Israel. And so if you've ever been in Israel on, on the Sabbath, it's an amazing, it's amazing thing to see. So if you go to a restaurant, which we did, you go to a restaurant on, on the Sabbath in Israel, it is, it is against the Sabbath. It is considered work if they make fresh food on the Sabbath. That's considered work. So when you order, you know what you get? You get leftovers at a restaurant. You get leftovers because they would be breaking the Sabbath as they prepared food. Oh, but they can, they can take your order. They can bring you yesterday's meal uh, on plates and on dishes. They can pick the plates up. They can pick the dishes up. They can take them into the kitchen. kitchen. They can wash them. They can put them away. That's not considered work. But you know what's considered work? Preparing food. See, they were doing this in Jesus' day. It was just this legalistic, rich, religious thing. I'll give you one more. If you're, if you're in Israel on, on the Sabbath and you go to your hotel, uh, the elevators are already set automatically to stop at floors. So you have a bank of elevators for even number floors and you have a bank of elevators, elevators for odd number floors. And so you get in and all the odd numbers or even number buttons, they're all lit up. And so you just get in, the doors close and every other floor, you're, even if you're the only one on the elevator and you have to go to floor number 30, you are going to sit there for ever watching doors open it just seems so weird and so and you know why because they consider this work pushing a button now you're not breaking the sabbath if you take the stairs really i'm at i'm going up the stairs with karen because she's a stair person so i'm going up the stairs and i'm grumbling the whole way really this is not considered work but this is considered work in israel it doesn't make any sense to me. See, this is what Jesus was saying. 
Jesus was saying, you've made it some legalistic thing. You made it something that's not. And so you've got to understand, listen, do not be legalistic about this. And I, I honor the Sabbath, either on Monday or Friday, but, but I'm telling you, there are times when there's a death or an illness or a crisis in ministry, and we all get it. We all get it. We've we got to take care of that. We've got to help with that. But as far as natural, normal rhythms, honor the, the Sabbath. So here's the last thing. You've got to see rest as a benefit. You have to see rest as, as, as a benefit. I just want to walk with you. I just want to show you Psalm chapter 92, which is written about the Sabbath. You read this on your own, verse, verse 1. He says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. So he's helping us understand how you start off a Sabbath and what your Sabbath day should look at. So you start off, it's just an awareness of God. The fact is, I think you should do that every day, that part. Uh, it's just awareness of God. And, and so just a little bit of... Just a little bit about me. Uh, it's Mark chapter 2 is where I get this from. Um, I just need to start my day off just an awareness of who I am, just an awareness of where my identity comes from. And so in Mark chapter 2, it's this statement, I am his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. You're either his beloved son or his beloved daughter. We need to understand that my identity does not come from my looks, my popularity, what people say about me, my accomplishments. And you start off your day and you just sit before him and say, you know what, I, I am. I am your beloved son. I, I am, for some of you, I am your beloved daughter in whom you are well pleased. God, I just need to be reminded, I, I need to be reminded of that. See, Jesus talked, just real quickly, and we'll move on, this is just for free. <laughs> Jesus talked more about the interior of someone's life than the exterior, the externals. Sometimes in church, we get that backwards. You know what we talk about more? Someone's externals. That's why discipleship can turn so sterile in some churches. Jesus says you get the interior life right, the exterior right, your life takes care of itself. You, you, you want to know so, why so many Hollywood stars and actors and popular people, you, you know why their life is a disaster? Because they don't know where their identity is. They think it's in their looks. They think it's in their popularity. They think it's the number of Facebook followers, Instagram followers, or Twitter followers, or what people say, what people blog, what people write about them. And the reason that they hit the guardrails and the ditches is because they don't know who they are in Christ. They think their identity is in something else of popularity. So you have to see rest as a benefit. Verse 10, he goes on. But you have exalted my horn like that of an old wild ox, and you have poured... Over me, fresh oil. It's just the picture of refreshing. It's the picture of a fresh anointing. Because I took one day off and because I honored that day. I mean, it, it's amazing to me on vacations. And when you pull away, it's just so, it just clears your head, right? It's easier to make sense of some things. And so this psalm is talking about being, uh, is talking about being refreshed. And, and, but you have to see rest. You have to see stops as, as a benefit. Now, if you know anything about me, I hate to stop and get gas. 
I, I hate that whole deal. I feel like it's a waste of time. I know it doesn't make any sense. I, re- I literally hate to stop and get gas. And so I've, I've run out of gas uh, several times in Pueblo because I thought, I thought I at least had half a gallon of gas left. And, you know, my car lied to me. And there's two times I've coasted into a gas station, engine not running, uh, just coasted it. And, I mean, I was so excited. That was like victory to me. I'm high-fiving everybody at Loaf and Jug. It's just amazing. And uh, so I, I think it's a waste of time. And so our family will tell you that when our kids were, were young and we'd do a family vacation and we're headed back to Texas about 13 hours, that our, my mantra was, no stops but gas stops, no stops but gas stops, right? Uh, you get in the car and we're going to make it. And it was in different days. We had a Suburban. You didn't have to buckle kids in. We didn't care about their safety. And so, uh, <laughs> right, just sling them in the back with a TV and hope you don't hit anything. And so uh, and that's the way we did things in that day. And you know what? They're fine. I, anyway, I, I won't make any statement about that. And so they're fine. And so our kids know, knew, no stops, gas stops, no stops, gas stops. You better time your, your bathroom breaks with gas stop breaks, you know. Because, uh, you know, and then, and then it's, like, it's, like, it's like you're in an Indy 500 or something. It is like a pit stop. It's hurry, 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 back in the car, back in the car, because we got to go, because we, we got to get to where we're going, right? A few years ago, uh, we had someone pass away very close to us, Betty Prince, and I, we had to travel back to Waco, and I was going to do part of the funeral. And the princes were very close to us. And so both Brittany and Amanda wanted to go with Karen and I. So it was Karen and I. Uh, my wife is Karen. And then Amanda, she was single at the time. And then Brittany only had Gavin. Gavin's young. And then, you know, she's the new generation where child safety is like priority on a trip. And, and so, you know, if the kid couldn't be buckled, the car had to be stopped. And so... All of a sudden, you know, she's like, Dad, this isn't going to work for me. You know, no stops, but gas stop stuff. You're going to stop. And so I stopped at the first rest area in my life with Gavin. I never knew what those things were for. I never even knew why someone would stop there. I'm like, that must be just some government thing they do because I don't even understand a rest stop. And so... uh, And so now we're stopping, and I'm like, you know, at first I'm frustrated. like, I'm like... It's like we can't pass one of these things up. I mean, do we have to stop at every one of them? And so finally we got to Waco like three days later. And so, <laughs> and we're sitting in the hotel. And we, we, are, we are sitting, we're sitting in, in, the, in the hotel and, and I'm kind of watching our kids and I'm reflecting. And all of a sudden it hit me that our best memories on that trip were at the rest area. Some of, our, some of our best memories on that trip happened when we stopped. Fact is, we laugh, still laugh today at some of the stories that happened at a rest area. I started wondering, how many memories have I missed in life because I just didn't want to stop? I didn't see it as a benefit. I didn't see it as a, a blessing. The best thing I can do for my family, the best thing you can do for your family is willing to stop to get gas so you have enough fuel to make it to your destination. You can't, you, listen, you cannot see resting as doing nothing. You have to see it as a benefit. The best thing I can do for my family is healthy rhythms and stop 
and pull away and worship him in healthy rhythms. He goes on in verse 12 in Psalm 92, and he says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And so you know in the Old Testament, a, a tree is, a, is, is an image is, is of, of a life, a person. They still, listen, they still bear fruit in old age, and they were never, and they, they are ever full of sap and green. In other words, they're full of life, and they're full of energy. And you know what he's trying to say? He says the reason that they could still bear fruit in their old age the reason they could go into their elderly years with joy and peace and happiness is because they had healthy rhythms in their life. There's just these healthy rhythms in their life. And one of the things is, one of the things that's so important for us to understand that rest is like a, a benefit. Isaiah 58, 13 says, if you turn, turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your, ple- your, your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, a luxury, a blessing. And the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways. In other words, doing your own thing or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly. Then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. And I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of Jacob has spoken. Is it possible we've been going our own ways and finding our own pleasure and speaking our own words instead of doing what he has called us to do? That's why he says in Psalm 23, 2, that he makes us lie down in, in green pastures. Man, if, if you don't slow down, sometimes God will make you slow down. I know that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavily laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your, your souls. For my yoke is easy and my, my burden is, is light. In other words, when we hear those rumble strips going off in our life, we're willing to pull close to him. And we all have needs and not talking about dreams and desires. I'm talking about basic needs that we have. And, man, I've, I have personally learned that I need to stop and correct some things in my life when I hear those rumble strips in my life. And the longer that I ignore those rumble strips in my life, the harder the crash is going to be. Man, I, I went through a season of ministry and... And you know those you know those times in life you just feel like you know you just feel like you're on a roll, you just feel like man it is man we are firing on all eight cylinders it is it is happening I just feel like I'm on a roll. Uh, in Texas we'd say it this way I feel like butter because I'm on a roll. And so uh, <laughs> so I'd go around I feel like butter because I'm on a roll. I mean the church is growing and you know we're expanding and we've got all this stuff. And listen sometimes it's not the pursuit of bad things it's the per- the pursuit of good things can destroy you more than pursuit of bad things. Because, I mean, look at all the good we're doing. Look at all the stuff we're doing. Look at how we're expanding. And so I felt like, I said, you know what? I feel like, I feel like butter because, you know, I, I'm, I'm on a roll. And, and, uh, and I felt like I could ride the rumble strips. I felt like I, fi- I figured out how I could cheat the system. And you know how I cheated the system? Caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. And so I start out, I'd start out my morning uh, and, and, and get a, a red eye. Or, or a black eye, depending on the, re- the coffee shop you go to, a red eye or a black eye is simply three shots of espresso uh, put in 20-ounce cup of coffee. 
And so I, I would start my day out like that. And then, and then, and then you know, some more caffeine. And then I discovered some energy drinks like, like Zip Fizz. And I started drinking Zip Fizz. And, and then all of a sudden, you know what happened? This may surprise you. I had trouble sleeping at night. And so now I had trouble sleeping at night. And so I started taking Tylenol PM, Advil PM. And so Karen didn't like that. She's a nurse, so she didn't like that. So she confiscated my Advil PM, Tylenol PM. And so she gave me this stuff called melatonin. Melatonin is something natural to help you relax, help you sleep. And so if you've never taken anything natural, there's really no advice how many you should take. Just take as directed. And so I can tell you this, eight is too many. And so uh, (laughs) personal experience. <laughs> and and so I'm 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 running I'm running through this and then then all of a sudden I ignored the rumble strips and what I considered was on a roll. God said is disobedience. You need healthy rhythms in your life to survive. You need first to be able to be refreshed so you can refresh others. Airlines get this a lot better than we do. Like, you know, if you ever listen to those instructions about in case the the cabin loses air pressure, an oxygen mask will drop. Put it on yourself first and then help your child or someone next to you that can't do it. That's kind of counterintuitive to us, right? Really and truly what we want to do is try to put it on our child first, then us. But here's the deal. If there's not breath in your lungs, there's no way you can get breath in your child's lungs. But if there is breath in my lungs... I will make sure there's breath in my kids' lungs. That's the Sabbath. I first make sure there's breath and life in my lungs so I can give life to those around me. My concern for some of you is you've been running the rumble strips for so long, you think it's normal. And when you hit that guardrail, when you hit that ditch, you take a family with you. And if you love your family as much as you say you do, then prove it by putting healthy rhythms in your life. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?